0: This is Alpha Ant, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Though it was nominated for some sort of award, so maybe I'll start. Congrats, guys, on the nomination.
1: This is Soundwave of the Decepticons, and I'm here in the club, getting jiggy on some fat beats, and spending my mad royalties from the new Transformers movie. And also... I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Greetings. My name is 543-AX53. Or you can just call me. I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Later.
2: This is Lewin Sewell. And I never listen to the
0: Order 66 podcast. I don't want to have to...
1: Scrub
0: my hollow transceiver
1: every week.
3: D twenty radio, where gamers roll Execute order sixty
1: six.
2: This episode of the Order 66 podcast brought to you in part by our sponsors, Audible.com, GoDaddy.com, and ThinkGeek.com. Indeed, you're back. We are back. This Tuesday night, July the 14th, 2009, for episode number 73 of the Order 66 podcast. I am... GM Dave, one of your hosts, and we have so many these days. With me, as always, the incomparable Twi'let Goodness.
4: Yay! <laughs> I was announced before, GM. Chris, I feel so special.
2: There's a competitive household over there. Uh, in Story there. of my life. Yeah, exactly.
4: Compe- we're not competitive at all.
2: Yeah. Story of my what life. Right. Whatever. Right. Yeah, you have a spreadsheet that details exactly how many times you've won Catan and how many times he has won Catan. <laughs> and no, that's
4: not true. The spreadsheet's for chess, not Catan.
2: Uh, yeah, okay, well, whatever. So, because
4: I have to play with two people, not just him when it comes right.
2: to Catan. Okay, so TG... It's
4: Catan, not Catan.
2: TG, welcome again what? to the show. Thank and of you. course, a man who needs no introduction, the man who will be representing D20 Radio at the aforementioned Gen Con what what um Reaper not Reaper (laughs) and any award presentation and celebration at Gen Con in August GM Chris what is up
5: Gamer Nation it is I GM Chris And uh, for those who are walking into the room for the very first time, this is uh, our brainchild of the Order 66 podcast. Uh, The only podcast uh, fan-generated and devoted entirely to the power, passion, and glory that is Star Wars Saga Edition role-playing. And we're glad to to have you along for the ride, and uh, it's going to be fun. We have an information-packed show with you tonight with some revelations, which we will actually get to.
2: Right, Those. Right. yeah exactly so yeah. all right so I'm not going to talk very much during the show those of you listening to the holocron know that I'm sick as a dog and I really shouldn't be doing a podcast but I did because we postponed the show so many damn times
5: Oh you're a good man you're yeah a good man.
4: But I got- we love you Dave we love you Dave oh, thank Dave you.
2: I love the gamer Nation but there's just too much news for us to not do a podcast today you know I mean sure. way and, too much news and, and,
4: yeah. and- the yes. most important thing
1: uh what
4: is to announce the Reaper contest winners. Now that you've done the introductions, you're going to do it now. Huh? huh?
5: No. Huh? No, no. No, we're not. We're <sighs> going we're going to wait till the end of the announcement to let them salivate.
6: <laughs> Accessing. Ah good new acquisitions. <laughs>
5: Greetings, Gamer Nation. My designation is KCKSIM, and this is your HoloNewsNet update.
2: <laughs> so returning with all the news that's fit to print, here's Jim Chris.
1: <laughs>
5: oh, dear. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I got one thing to say and one thing only. Well, many things afterwards, but I'm going to start with this one thing. The small but vicious podcast
1: it lives
0: it has life
5: (laughs) and uh uh, william has completely remade it it has been reborn like so much dark spawn goodness entering your ears' canals to feed on your brains. right. So, your ears' you are canals? Is all... canals. Not ear canals, is canals. Ears canals. Uh, <laughs> with, with a new uh, regular format and a new co host, uh, D20 Radio alum Shubuda, Old school and the Buddha fill your tankards with all the Warhammer fantasy RPG you can stomach. This episode talking about dwarves and the careers that epitomize them. It's a very, it's a very dwarfy episode.
2: That's right. So all of you who are born-again SBV virgins go bust your cherries right now. That's pop.
4: So since it's dwarf-heavy, does that mean it's short?
5: Um, it's actually the perfect size.
4: <laughs> <laughs> For you, I'm sure. <laughs>
3: oh,
2: boy. Here we go. <sighs> Beer and beards. Bubba. Beautiful. Beautiful.
5: Beautiful. Beautiful. So. And uh, also, yeah, t- tell us what's next.
2: Department seven, baby. Case number four, dedicated to the tough. The tough hero.
5: Well, And they also talk about the charismatic and the smart hero.
2: The charismatic hero. The smart hero. And basically, I don't know. Dude, I think that it's a fitting wrap-up to the core book with some panache.
5: They, they, do, they do give the, the core books some finalized panache. I'm very anxious to see what, that, what our agents uh, whip up next. And if you guys haven't heard Department 7 yet and you're a fan of D20 Modern, give it a listen. It's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely.
2: You got to. You well, got
5: one must. To. And you, sir, as you mentioned earlier, just finished wrapping up a brand new episode of the Holocron with, uh, with, with Brian uh, Fiddleback. Yes, sir. Did you not?
2: Holocron number 15 is up and now available for your download pleasure. We what? talk about... The last three uh, Friday updates, really only one of any consequence from Bioware, and that was the timeline that contained all the Mandalorian lore. And so it, it leads me to believe now that I'm upgrading the Mandalorians from a non-playable NPC faction to a playable race on the Sith side. So that'll give us six classes now that we know of.
1: Wow. Oh.
5: Mandalore the Incomprehensible. Mandalore, Mandalore. the Bicurious. Hmm.
2: Barry Mandalore, Singing Sensation, the title of the episode. (laughs) Wonderful. Yes, indeed. He writes the songs that makes the whole galaxy sing.
1: Oh,
5: (laughs) God. Oh, and you guys can find these wonderful podcasts at our website, www.d20radio.com. That's right. And uh, while you're there, for those of you that are planning on doing, I don't know, any traveling or... Uh, you know, you want to show off maybe at the upcoming Gen Con your love of the Gamer Nation and of all things D20 Radio. What should you do? TG, what should they do?
4: They should buy swag.
5: Ooh, what it's kind that of, simple. What, what kind of swag should they
4: buy? They should buy t-shirts that yes. say D20 Radio. They can be sporting some D20 Radio. What up?
5: Yeah. Thank you, Ghetto Chica. Uh, so, so, so you're telling me that if they go to the website right now and they click that swag link, they have the opportunity to purchase a fine piece of D20 Radio attire for their own wearing pleasure?
4: Yes, they do. they do. And they must know that they will be a part of history as a result.
2: Indeed. And I have something and? to announce. <gasps> <gasps> we will be adding D20 Radio dice. These are not the Gen Con dice. These are the normal whatever dice. These are the D20 Radio dice that you can purchase from D20Radio.com. There are, of course, special edition dice that go to Gen Con. And if you're lucky enough to go, you'll be able to get some really cool-looking dice this year.
5: Yes. but the, the order is in process as we speak.
2: Indeed. So what we're going to do is we're going to put up a link and see how many people want dice and begin giving away or, you know, kind of raising funds, I guess you could say, with these... With these little dieses, and uh,
4: is that e- the plural of dice?
2: Yeah, exactly. D- dieses, yeah, exactly. Like dices? And, yep. Eventually, <laughs> we'll have enough money. It be douses? Yeah, something like that. It might be. I don't know. We'll see. But eventually, we'll have enough money to launch the streaming radio station, which we're waiting for now. We've got we've got six DJs signed up, and we're just waiting for the money to do it. So mm-hmm. it's going to be fantastic.
5: So please buy some T-shirts, Gamer Nation. Or if you also click on that swag link, you're welcome to make a wonderful donation to the Degoni Radio Network and help us uh, grow even further.
2: Indeed. Indeed. So speaking of cons...
5: Gen Con cometh. Uh, August 12th to the 16th, Indianapolis, Indiana. You know you better be there. You just take off work, just call in. Doesn't matter. They're not you're not going to lose your job. It's okay. Just just call in, get in your car and drive. Just do it. Sell some blood, get some money and just do it because the gamer nation will have quite a few peeps there and you have got to be one of them.
4: That's uh, not a very good advice.
5: I never said I gave good advice. But seriously, we're going to have a huge turnout from the Gamer Nation there. Uh, Scores of people, literally, have already confirmed that they're going to be there. And uh, if you guys would like to meet any of us at Gen Con, we are there to enjoy hanging out with you. Myself, TG, and the illustrious Cat will be there of D20 Radio fame. And uh, I myself, I've had people ask me this, and I'll I'll keep telling you every week. Um, I will be officially GMing two Saga Edition RPGA games, uh, Friday 1-6 to and then Saturday 1-6. to Um, I'll be GMing Murder Aboard the Executor, uh, but I'm only GMing two RPGA slots, under the understanding, and you all know this by now, that I will also be running as many games of my own as I possibly can. Uh, the Secret of the Corellian Kitehawk module uh, from Reapercon, and my new Legacy module I of Rishi, um, all of, um, basically, which will have not been played before the con at all. So that's that's fantastic. And uh, we have set up a Twitter account. You can find me at GM Chris, Twitter slash at GM Chris. Um, and you can sign up, and we will be uh, posting regular updates throughout the con where you can find out where you can go and win for games. Right. And also, um, Duncan has also agreed to uh, be coerced into running some games of the Death of the Star of Agnor, which is the module he created for uh, Origins, and it's fantastic.
2: Yeah. So speaking of Twitter, you'll find Chris at twitter.com slash gmchris. You'll find me at twitter.com slash gmdave. And you'll find Like Goodness at twitter.com slash... Oh.
4: Chris crystalline
2: 22 Oh really, crystalline 22
4: <laughs> You think she wouldn't have a Twitter?
2: Well, I figured. Uh, okay. I, th- I think I
5: think she should definitely get one for Twilight goodness, though.
2: Yeah, you really—that's not a bad idea. I bet, and I bet it's available. I bet it's just one of those things that And now, You know, somebody who's listening to the show live is going off and registering right now, so they can try and impersonate you. Ugh, I hate that. So you better do it real quick, fast, fast, fast. Okay. With that, apparently, I've lost my Skype connection with my cohort, so until they come back to me, I will say that we have some juicy bits of web goodness that have appeared for you on the Watsi site, and they have released the first preview of the upcoming Rebellion Era Campaign Guide, which has a glimpse of some of the ultra-creepy Rebel Spec Ops personnel, which is really, really good stuff, and... Best, you can take a glimpse at this right now at www.wizards.com slash Star Wars, and if you haven't reserved one of the pre-ordered or pre-ordered the Rebel Era Campaign Guide, you need to do so right now. It releases in just a few days, one week from today, July 21st, and you do not want to be caught without a copy. Do you?
6: So
4: true. No.
2: All right, thank you. you. you All right, they're back. Beautiful.
4: Sorry.
5: When good games, drop Skype.
2: Uh, it happens. <laughs> it happens. So, and finally, were, were,
5: were you talking about the Rebellionary Campaign Guide?
2: I was. I was.
1: Oh, very it's nice. It's
2: good, good stuff. And of course, as you heard off the top of the show, the Order Sixty Six podcast, nominated many, many moons ago for an Any Award, has indeed been named a finalist for Yes said Any Award, one of the final five.
4: Woohoo! You need some like champion music here or something, Dave.
2: Um. Okay. I don't have any.
4: Yeah,
5: you you would think <laughs> he would come prepared with that, but but no, not enough for no, big announcement. No, no. Not I mean, for a big
4: announcement like this. Nah. It's not big enough, apparently.
2: I mean, they do have that.
5: That is a pro.
4: That's, that's, that's there you very go. fitting. There I you like go.
2: It. So we
5: are up but against. I am, a, I am stoked.
2: We are up against four very, very. Good podcast. I've listened to full episodes of two of them and they're really good. Um, I mean, in our genre, you know, obviously there's no one else doing Star Wars, but these guys are really, really good. So I'm going to I'll throw a shout out to all those fellow nominees. And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes with the fan voting. And uh, it uh, by by any stretch of the imagination, it's time to mobilize the Gamer Nation. All the podcasts will begin broadcasting the link to the Any Awards, which is any, E-N-N-I-E dash awards dot com. Voting begins yes. July, the, 24th, wait, wait, wait. July 24th. July 24th. E-N-N-I-E any dash awards dot com. Voting Got begins it. July 24th and only goes for one week. So we need a very, very fast mobilization of the D20 Army. We want everybody to post up on all the forms that they know of. Get everybody out, vote for us as best you possibly can. Yes. And, you know, that's it. Anyawards.com, that's where the voting happens. One voice, one vote. They record IP addresses, so don't try and get around it. But we just, you know, we need you guys to spread the word. We need to pimp it out. You need to, you know, tell your FLGS whatever you can do to help us out. We would like to win.
5: Yes, we very much would, and with your help, we can do it. So I, 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 I can't stress it enough Every, everything Dave just said. I want to see people on Gleemax. I want to see people at the Holonet. I want to see people at N World. I want to see people anywhere that they possibly can be on blogs. Anywhere, pimp us out, please. We would absolutely love to win. And uh, again, this is your podcast, Gamer Nation. So let's do you
1: it. You know,
4: the the thing for me about why I think the podcast should win isn't just because oh well my husband's on it my friends yeah. are on it or whatever. It's honestly it's because the game will get the recognition that it needs. Last year it won so many awards and we want we want the Star Wars saga to to get recognition again just so we can so Watsy can know that it's got so much support and will continue um supporting that whole system, as long as it can, and as long as the voice of the people are shown by nominating podcasts like this, they're going to hear that message loud and clear. I mean, heck, they're going to be there and they're nominated for several awards. Speaking of
2: that, so, that's a great segue.
4: <laughs> Do what?
5: That's a great segue. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, because while you're voting, guys, also show some love for the system on which this fine podcast does expound the voice of the system we love Um, Star Wars Scum and Villainy book has been nominated for Best Cartography and Star Wars The Clone Wars Campaign Guide has been nominated for Best Supplement and for Product of the Year um, which is awesome and if you guys are a Minis fan also Star Wars Miniatures The Clone Wars Starter Pack uh, has been given the nod for Best Miniature Product so vote away and show the Star Wars love
2: beautiful man
5: it's exciting it is but do you know what else is extremely exciting
2: um, i do i do i'm guessing i'm guessing (laughs) that it is time to bring on our newest guest guest reaper brian
6: hi gamer nation
2: hey hey. (laughs) you know what that you know what it's time for tg uh, she, she knows what her yeah, mic is. she's here. talking into a muted microphone. I know
4: what crazy. time it is. I know what time it is. Oh. Postcards from Commander Cody, right?
5: No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not
4: yet. Reaper contest winners.
5: Yes, yeah, so for, for those of you who, uh, for those of you who may have not been keeping track, or your head's been stuck in an anthill for the past, oh, I don't know, month and a half. Um, The fine folks at Reaper Miniatures, the finest uh, fantasy and uh, modern and sci-fi gaming miniatures on the planet, have uh, graced us with a wonderful prize pack, and we decided to take that prize pack and make a contest for it. In particular, two contests. We wanted you guys to submit your best Star Wars slash sci-fi miniature and your best fantasy miniature, and uh, it had to be a Reaper Mini. And we got some, Brian, we got some good entries, didn't we? Oh, yeah. We had a lot of really good entries. I'm, I'm very pleased with what we saw, and you guys can see them all at d20radio.com slash forum, right in the Order 66 thread. There's a sticky thread right for the contest. And, uh, well, gosh, Brian, I, I guess I'll just turn this over to you, man. Uh, t- tell, us, tell us what everyone is wanting to
6: hear. Well, um, to begin with, uh, like I said, like you said, there were a lot of really, really good entries. Um, so Daryl and I actually decided... To break this down, instead of just uh, awarding a first place uh, for the Star Wars model and a first place for fantasy, we actually decided to award two prizes for each—the uh, Star Wars category and the fantasy category. Uh, so that's really cool, um, and I'm going to go ahead and just get started with that. Uh, the first place winner in the Star Wars category is the Nautilus conversion made by Eben Storms, and I don't know—I don't know any of these people's real names, so I'm just going to have to use their board name here. <laughs> that was a cool mini yeah that one was really impressive um and then in the fantasy category
2: the first place winner
6: there was uh preacher 23's giant he did a
5: great fantastic job with that um the 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 pictures were fantastic and the the painting was just phenomenal tg did you have you were saying something
4: yeah Uh, for those that maybe haven't looked at the pictures yet um what what did the winner of the sci-fi one look like? What was it about it that made it the winner?
6: Uh, well, the the paint job was really clean. Uh, it was really well done. Um, the conversion work was top notch. Uh, and as somebody who sees a lot of paint jobs and a lot of conversions, I was just really impressed with it.
2: And des- describe describe what it, you guys have seen it. Describe what it is for those of them in the chat room, especially and those that are don't aren't frequent forum visitors. What did it? Well, what did it portray in the Star Wars universe? Uh,
6: there was a Nautilan technician bending over. Uh, I believe she was retrieving something from her uh, lifter droid, and she's wearing this uh, really nice suit and just really clean job. Turning the uh, it had originally been a human figure, and converting the eyes and the uh, the tentacles on it.
2: Right.
5: I think that's what impressed me most was the conversion. So the Star Wars mini, there's, you know, as we, heck, we had a show devoted to it, you know, converting Reaper minis in, for, for Star Wars and sci-fi use. And I, I, I know I was impressed with that as well. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Major, major congrats to, uh, to, um, to Evan Storms for that. Now, what was it about the giant that, uh, I mean, I, I know I loved it. I thought it was
6: phenomenal. What, what drew your attention to it? Um, that one was actually one that Daryl had brought to my attention. He was just super impressed with it. The paint job was so clean, Uh, so neat. The color choices worked really well with it. There wasn't a lot of you know, oh, I'm just going to splash red on because I like red. No, it it seemed like it was a a well thought out piece and very well put together. Very well done. Fantastic. I
2: kind of like the detail on the fur. You know, it was I don't know. I I liked it quite a bit. So yeah, Preacher is actually in the chat room and he just went crazy. (laughs) So, oh yeah, hello by the way to Echo Base. 112 of you in there.
5: Very very
6: nice. Well, continue with us, Brian. You said we had two more winners? Uh, yeah, actually. We, we selected uh, one additional category of winners each. Uh, the next winner in the Star Wars category was Jabberwocky, who entered with this just really amazing Shock Trooper uh, clone trooper entry. Dude. Yeah, that looked incredible. The, the weathering on the armor was yeah.
5: phenomenal.
2: Uh, I really like that. I like the, the base he was standing on. Just the attention to detail there was amazing.
6: Yeah, and uh, Daryl had pointed out to me that uh, Jabberwocky had, and on the Reaper message boards had shown where the concept art had come from for that model, and he did a really excellent job of rendering that concept art faithfully on a three-dimensional figure. It's fantastic. And then uh, in the fantasy category, our, our other first-place winner, is a message board named Dargren who painted a Valandil figure from our Warlord line. Ooh, that was. And well. that one just had absolutely stunning. I was blown away by the amount of freehand and the amount of extra detail work that he had drawn onto that figure.
2: On the cloak.
6: Yeah, that's the first thing I oh, was yeah. gonna say. yeah, that the, was the, the first. Free, the freehand on the cloak was incredible.
2: Yep. Yeah.
6: And then uh, I also wanted to go ahead and give an honorable mention to uh, a user named Shiatis, and I hope I pronounced that correctly, um, who had both a fantastic uh, fantasy entry uh, with the gnome surrounded by flames.
2: Oh, yeah. And then
6: uh, also had a very outstanding sci-fi entry with the uh, bounty hunter who had the bounty posters on the wall behind her. That was just phenomenal.
1: <laughs>
6: and then I have one more honorable mention for message board member Cute But Psycho who had the uh, elf with three arrows knocked at the same time. And that was just a a really good piece as well. That was fantastic.
1: Yeah.
5: Awesome. Well, um, for, for, for winners out there, obviously here's the thing. We are not going to post the winning results on the forums at all. The only way anyone's going to know is by listening to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So for those of you who have listened, PM us, get to the forums, and PM myself, uh, obviously GM Chris, or PM GM Dave, we'll uh, open line of communication, get your addresses, and get your prizes sent to you.
2: Yes, we will.
5: Absolutely fantastic. Brian, thank you so much. Thanks to Reaper for helping us host this and providing us with an awesome set of prizes to do it with, and uh, and of course, giving us the judging chops to do it right. We really appreciate you guys' uh, continued support of, of this podcast and of the gaming
6: community in general. It's marvelous. Yep.
2: Brian, tell us... No uh,
6: problem. No problem at all. We're all big fans here.
2: uh, Brian, tell us again, what is your website, contact info, how they can uh, get in touch with Reapers and potentially buy your product?
6: Uh, www.reapermini.com We have our own forum at reapermini.com slash forum or they can send us an email. uh, You can email me directly at brian at reapermini.com or if you just have a general question, you can send that to questions. At ReaperMini.com.
2: Beautiful, and I understand that you guys are working on a podcast, not a Reaper official podcast, but uh, is that true?
6: Uh, yeah, that is true. Um, we're actually, I'm as soon as I'm done recording with you guys, I've got a couple of other people here, and I'm going to sit down and start recording segments with them. So, uh, this is something that Daryl and Kevin and myself are working on in our spare time.
2: Beautiful. We can't wait. So, thanks again. Th- and thank, um, thank Daryl, and thanks to everybody at Reaper who put their time in to judging these entries. And thank you to the community for responding with the dearth of entries that we had. We had a
5: very large number. It was, it was very nice. So, thanks again, Brian. We appreciate it.
6: No problem. Thank you.
5: Thank
3: you.
2: That was awesome.
5: Excelente. Me gusta mucho. <laughs>
4: Mucho.
5: Congrats again to the winners. Uh, it, was, it was truly a, uh, a, a fun contest and a fun thing to do. We had people emailing us about it nonstop. And, um, and uh, again, you know, for those of you who are listening and know the winners, you're going to be the only ones if you listen to this episode. Ha, ha, ha. So with that, Dave, I, I, ha- I got one other great thing, aside from an announcement from Reaper. Uh huh. I happened to get a postcard from our good friend, Commander Cody. Oh, you did, huh? I certainly did. Um, uh, this week, uh, the postcard actually came to me via rim Mail Roots. Um, it's a, kind of a, a more standard postcard. Well-laminated and, and energetically created with pride, uh, the, the picture on it is of a world covered mostly in crystal blue water with many jutting island spires forming out of the oceans. And the words on it proclaim, Welcome to Bestine, traveler. Home of the island paradise. Don't mind the dozens of shipyards.
2: From across the galaxy, it's time for postcards from Commander Cody.
3: Dear GM Dive and GM Chris, Well guys, the delivery boys appear to have been noticed by other commanders in the Empire, as our fine delivery of whippet mercenaries has given them the impression that we handle personal cargo extremely well. Uh, well, this week we traveled to the Besteen system, and the Besteen form. This water world is very beautiful, it's covered in cobalt seas, with countless sturdy rock spires jutting out of the waves. The human population here seems to have worked hard to carve out beautiful island paradises on these spires, the work of generations it seems. And that's quite a shame, since we're here to relocate them! I've been told there was a massive Imperial shipyard here, and there is, but I was shocked to find no shipyard in orbit. Rather, all the construction facilities are on the surface of the planet. Crazy that is, but hey, I'm no engineer. Maybe it's for the best. By the way, these people need to be relocated. And The Imperial propagandists, I mean uh, media representatives, have promised most of the population here exciting new lives off world There's a lovely settlement of Bestonites on Tatooine, I hear. The locals seem to be falling for it, I mean, uh, seem to be really excited by the prospect. But those that aren't, well that's why, here we're here. You catch my meaning. So far, those determined to be troublemakers seem to lose their nerve at the sight of a carbine. Except for this one bloke yesterday. A large, wasted fellow who claimed he could fly circles around any of our pilots. Before we could question him further though, he disappeared. Oh well, we'll get these troublemakers off world, that's for sure. While we're here, it's wonderful to enjoy the tourist trade hotels, water sports, and beautiful views. Well, just yesterday I woke up to a nice little drink with an umbrella in it as I watched the sun rise over one of the massive industrial shipyard plants as it belched out a massive cloud of toxic waste gas. It was beautiful. Listen guys, if you're in the mood for a piece of island paradise, great water sports, and a low population, Bestine 4 awaits. Check it out while you can. Seriously, like like after next week, it won't be possible. I'm just saying. Later, guys. Long live the Empire! Your friend, Commander Cody.
2: Ah, yes.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Cody, for that exciting and yet informative postcard.
2: Yippee-ki-yay, huh? you
1: so good like that. I have
2: a a very important announcement to make. It appears as though we've had a winner in the efforts to replace stormtrooper poetry with another listener bit oh dear and we will hear the first edition
1: right now and now wookiee poetry <coughs>
3: sense we be making sense of it
2: okay obviously that was a joke
5: (laughs) that was phenomenal that was
4: hilarious (laughs) thank you
2: to whoever sent that in that was just a joke it was funny though like fiddleback said before the show he's like "Uh, that'll work once
5: (laughs) (laughs) and you know what it did. It
2: did work <laughs> once, by golly. All right, so oh. the D20 Docking Bay, where we highlight listener questions posted on the forums or sent into us, but via alternate sources of email or phone at the LUSA line. Area code 206 600 5872, or LUSA LUSA. LUSA. That's right. Call in your bumpers. Call in your questions. So, Buzz XF. Posted an interesting question here on the forums. He uh, he writes this. I have a question about skilled advisor talent. It's on page 40 of the cool rulebook, younglings. It states that you spend a full round advising an ally, and they get a bonus. The bonus is unnamed. Now, you say you have a party of five or six Jedi. They all take this talent. Could all the characters in the party, except for one activate this power on the one and boost his use the force to insane heights if they all spend a force point. Could this be exploited? How would you handle it as a GM? Nice question.
5: Interesting question, yes. Um, Now for those following along in your storybooks, uh, the skilled advisor talent, um, as you say, Buzz, um, is on page 40 of the Core Rulebook and is, in my opinion, an extremely underutilized talent. Uh, It's part of the Jedi Consular Talent Tree, and what it lets you do is spend a full round action advising an ally. That's it. You don't have to make it use the Force Check or nothing, you just do it. And when you're done, you grant them a plus five bonus, unnamed, to their next skill check. What does it mean
4: to be unnamed?
5: Like, instead of saying, like, it's an insight bonus, or it's a morale bonus, or it's an equipment bonus, it just Ah. says, bonus.
4: Because you can't stack morale bonuses. You can't have two morale bonuses. You can't have two insight bonuses.
5: You hit the nail on the head. So, But the rules are specific that if a bonus is unnamed, you can stack it. So that gets to the heart of this question. Because this thing gets really crazy. If you happen to spend a force point when you use this talent, that plus five bonus becomes a plus ten. All right? Um, now, it is a mind-affecting ability, so it won't affect most droids or Force Disciples, um, and it is, again, unnamed. So, per the rules as written, right? multiple bonuses would indeed stack. So, yeah, if you've got a party of five Jedi, they all got this talent, four of them use this talent on the fifth, and they all spend a Force Point, they're going to give him, per the rules as written, a plus 40 to his next skill check. Now, uh, that is what the rules as written, yes. Let's talk about the rules as intended. Um, I, I seriously doubt this was an intended consequence. Um, and as a GM personally, a buzz, I would never allow it. I you're would sim- like that. I, I mean like that. I mean like that. I would simply house rule that the bonus it provides is a force bonus or perhaps an insight bonus. Um, but I think uh, the potential for brokenness is, is a little too severe there. Honestly, I don't think it's going to impact your games too much. This is a very specific talent, and a very specific character type is pretty much going to take it. Um, I could probably, I think it's going to be rare you're going to have one person in your party with this, much less multiples. But if it becomes an issue, don't hesitate to slap a house rule down like it's nobody's business.
2: Right.
4: I don't see a problem with it.
1: Yeah.
5: I don't know. I mean, seriously, there's no prerequisites. What you're, what you're talking about is a level one Jedi in a party of Jedis taking this talent that can get a plus 40 on a use the force check and and decimate a level 20 character, and that is that is not well, intended.
4: So do you think that um, maybe a young Anakin standing Uh, are surrounded by the Jedi Council, and each one is giving him independent advice would make him that much better at a particular uh, skill that he's trying to accomplish at that time using the Force.
5: Not that much better.
4: As opposed to just one of them advising him
5: not to that much better No, but what I would cover this under would not so much be this talent, it would be the aid another action, which we did cover, actually, with an earlier question. Um, if the inte- like, you know, we're young Anakin sitting around and the entire Jedi Council's helping, I would say they're all using aid another, and that's a plus two bonus, and to me that's a little more pal- palpable than plus five stacked or plus ten. Right. So that's just, that's just my opinion.
2: Okay. Okay. Next question, TDR Starfish. Um bringing up a question about our favorite big-throated species. So he says, Greetings "Greetings (laughs) from Berlin. Mein Lieben. Here is my question. Would the sneak attack talent work together with the bellow of an Athorian? Sneak attack states it works with melee or ranged attack. Bellow states you have to make a special attack roll. However, since bellow is a six-square burst or area attack, it seems kind of silly not to treat it as a ranged attack per raw. So, what do you think?
5: Well, to start off with your last statement first, um, I don't think it's, it's uh, kind of silly at all not to treat it as a ranged attack per raw. Um, now that we've had more books come out especially, we see, especially in terms of swarms and squads, there are, uh, and uh, packs of beasts, there are plenty of examples of melee area attacks. Um, so it's not out of the realm of possibility or even probability. But to your question proper, okay, so, and Dave, and you know, you'll remember on some of our earliest episodes, we, we waxed awesome about the Ithorian's racial bellow ability before. Um, it's, it's found in the Ithorian description, page 27 of the Core Rulebook, and Ithorian makes a special attack, quote unquote, rolling a die 20 and adding its character level to that. Now, this, <laughs> manif- this manifests as a six square cone of sonic energy that deals three die six of damage.
4: How, how uh, often can they do that?
5: As often as they want, but if they do it, it moves them a step down the condition track. Ah, that's right. So, And what's more, they can move an extra step down the condition track and add an extra die of damage. So they can actually do, like, you know, nine, eight or nine die six or, or uh, seven seven or eight die six and actually knock themselves unconscious with this. Um, if it's just and that then screaming use in that indomitable. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so that was one of the things we called out, right? Yep. So, Okay. Um, now, th- though it is not called out specifically as an area attack, that is the intent, because if the attack message, they say it does have damage. Um, what's important, though, Starfish, is that a bellow is not a ranged attack, and it is not a melee attack. As is said, it is a special attack. What does this mean, something? Because unlike a melee or ranged attack, this is the only attack that does not take your base attack bonus into account. It is the only attack that does not take your strength or your dexterity into account. Or anything of that nature. Um, as such, I would be really hard-pressed to allow sneak attack to be used with it. Um, the same way I probably wouldn't allow sneak attack to be used with a grenade, either. It's kind of hard to hit a vital spot um, with an area attack. Something with that effect. Although, it is allowable per raw. But, um, all in all, yeah, I, I, just, I just can't see it. It's not a ranged attack. It's not a melee attack. It's a special attack.
4: I think so. that makes sense. But I can see his train of thought there. I can,
5: if, too, and if, it's if, not going to break the game if he does it. It's really not going to break the game.
4: If you think that sneak attack is is not so much about hitting a vital area as it is about catching your opponent off guard, mm-hmm. then I can see where, yeah, doing a bellow attack like that as a sneak attack. I mean, how many times have I walked around the corner and you've been sitting there and didn't know I was behind you and I yelled and you jumped out of your pants and nearly peed?
5: Not that often.
2: Well, Uh.
4: you've done it before. Okay. (laughs) So,
2: Darth Steve. (laughs) Y'all are funny.
5: Yes, thank you.
2: Darth Steve um, emailed in last week with a question about the Legacy Era campaign guide. And writes, I have a question about Force Power in the Legacy book, page 24. Blind is a cool power and I've given it to my force-sensitive scoundrel with 3D6 of Sneak Attack in our legacy campaign. But my GM won't hardly, won't hardly, let me use it. Let me say that again. My GM won't hardly let me use it.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't mock the man. It's okay. I use hardly all the time.
2: Won't hardly. Alright, my GM won't hardly let me use it. The power throws dust and stuff into an enemy's eyes and we usually find ourselves in starships or space stations where the GM says there's no dust or debris for me to use the power. Is this power completely worthless unless you're in a dirty place? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Mentally or physically?
2: Thanks, and I love this show. he doesn't love the show now since i just made fun of him
5: i know it's been a while since we've heard from him too so it's it's good to hear from you steve um well first of all for those listening the blind force power on page 24 of the legacy era campaign guide lets you target a creature within 12 squares make a use the force check versus its reflex defense success and you blind the target making it flat-footed for one round that's it that's all the power does mechanically period the descriptive text refers to using the force to hurl dirt, dust, and debris at your foe. But this is, again, descriptive text. Fluff. It's not
4: rules. It's just descriptive.
5: It's, yeah. it's fluff. It's what they the, call power, power. the power doesn't call out that you need to have dirt there to use it. Unlike, and you can point your GM to this, a power that is in the exact same book, Plant Surge, which actually calls out, hey, you know what? The, you need to have plants next to your target to use this power or it's not going to work alright if the designers were willing to put that caveat in there for, for that and it specifically calls it out and they, they don't do it for blind I'm led to believe that it's not that important for blind okay I mean honestly dude, I think your GM is being seriously over restrictive here what probably happened is that he didn't realize how broke-tastic blind as a swift action followed by your 3 die 6 of sneak attack with a decent weapon really is and this was probably his solution on the fly. Okay, um, That's probably what happened. And, and, and frankly, I think, I think it's a bit much. Um, but that, that's, that's kind of where I stand on it. The same way you don't need to have uh, any materials on hand um, for you know, the, the saboteur's turrets. The same way you don't need to have any materials on hand for the military engineer to assemble a weapon out of thin air, which we talked about three episodes ago. Um, it, it's just, you know, it's plot. The power of plot.
2: Good. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Wait, I
5: mean, does this make sense to you guys? What do, what do you think?
2: Yeah, no, it makes sense to me.
4: Yeah. That makes perfect sense.
2: Beautiful.
5: So, all right. Tell your tell your GM he's being a butthole. Have him listen then. to the
2: podcast. We're moving right butthole
4: along.
3: <laughs> when good games go by.
5: Oh dear.
2: After a big break and never having any good games to go, Brad, now we've had two.
1: <laughs>
2: so Edrak. Edrack. Ed Prevent presents us with an all too familiar situation. I'm going downhill really fast, so bear with
5: me. <laughs> you want me to take over if you, I know I know you're, doing, I know you're right. doing sick, dude.
2: Um I've got a player in a game I'm running who simply knows too much, or at least he thinks he does, of the Star Wars universe. Oh dear. He's playing a human scoundrel who has a knack for explosives and a lackey and a liking for thermal detonators. Well who doesn't? Of course. Well, the problem comes in when the PCs kill a bunch of stormtroopers and start picking through their bodies for loot. Oh, that's very D&D. Now, to preface this, I had stated that if they kill something, they can grab anything that was on that corpse. Well, see, now he did it to himself.
1: I did. Yeah.
2: So while rummaging, he states, okay, so four thermal detonators then. I look at him and wonder what what, uh, he's on about. And uh, every stormtrooper carries a thermal detonator on them it's the cylinder at the small of their back well
4: that's what he said right, right? That's what
2: he said. that's okay. what he said well having heard this before i took it at its face value and just allowed him to take them without checking the stats from the book well obviously it's a big uh, mistake here eight d6 of damage and two thousand oh. dollars a pop he uh had just inadvertently broken the game so, needless to say, he used them to devastating effect, easily outshining the soldier with a heavy re- repeater for damage. And
5: that should never happen.
2: Now I should probably say this was my first go at GMing my own game. Okay. Not a pre-made module, so bear that in mind. So, After exhausting his stores of detonators, I make a GM decision to not have the Stormies carry them. At this discovery, the player gets pissed off and argues that all Stormtrooper carries them. No matter what branch of the stormtrooper ranks, I retort with, well, these do not. They carry frags. In an unrelated note, the same player also argued with me adamantly that the 10th level, he should be able to hack into bank accounts via ship's holonet receivers while landed on an unknown world in the unknown regions. Oh, wow. How would he know he was there then? That's weird. Okay. And that somewhere in some book once he read that you can strap two blaster pistols packs together, and then shoot them to make an explosion large enough to take out a building.
4: Oh wait! wait, wait. Really? He read it in a book. He didn't read it in the core in rule the book. saga books. No, no, no he read no. it in some book somewhere. Right. Well,
5: this is that. That's the same same thing with the stormtrooper grenades. They're, you know, it's not. It's it's all. It's all right. part of the EU.
2: Dude. So, okay. Right. So any advice is is helpful. I'm trying to get him to work with me because we're of the same circle of friends and I really don't want him to have him pissed off at me for kicking him out of the game. So, you uh, know, in, in in a lot of these cases, I usually chime in that somebody's a douchebag, right? I don't I don't
5: I yeah. I don't
2: I don't see that in this case. What I see is a mistake by a new GM mm-hmm. that the player is mm-hmm. continuing to want to exploit and my feeling is you, you call the player uh, uh, out um, alone and you say, Look, I made a mistake and you profited from that mistake. The loophole is now closed. And, okay. you know, if you persist, then, you know, I'd advise you to run your own game where you'll tolerate that sort of stuff. You know, I mean, that's really the end. That's the end of it. It's your game, dude. Put your foot down.
5: Yeah. Uh, uh, I, Go ahead, uh, TJ.
4: I say I'm all for GMs putting their foot down and saying this is my game. But at the same time, I'm thinking are, is is anybody in his gaming group not having fun? Is the guy that is being the guy that's being outshined by these thermal detonators? Mm. Is he depressed? Is he mad? Is he angry? Is he upset? Or is he like, Yeah, look at my team, we're kicking ass. You know, that's that's where I'd say, if, if everybody's having fun with it, so what? You know, one of the first games that you ran, uh, Chris, it wasn't Star Wars. It was a D&D, but it was one of the first ones. And you just threw money at us like
1: crazy. <laughs>
4: and we had like uber rare stuff all over. Our, but we had fun. And it was very pro- broke-tastic, but you had... We were, like, level 7, and we were fighting a level 20 dragon and took them down just because we were that broken. But it took us a long time, but it was still fun. So, eh, if everybody's having fun, then psh, don't worry about it. Well, that's yeah, my I, advice.
1: I
5: think you hit on the key idea here, teaches is fun. And, look, listen, Edrak, I, I think there's an issue here that's beyond the normal responses, and I do think we need to touch on it because this smacks... David TG of our prior discussions with Matt Nagley about cannon monkeys screwing up your games. Okay. Um, And listen, and he, he goes on to expound more. He said l- Later in the same thread he comments that he was able to solve this problem with a cannon related solution. He simply researched the whole stormtrooper thermal detonator thing and he discovered that yes, per the EU, stormtroopers carry a you know, thermal detonator on them, uh, but it's specially made detonator with an access code that only that stormtrooper is given access to so no one else can ever use it. Um, you know, and, and then also he researched and you know, oh wow, you can't access the net from that far away because you're not near a net buoy and so on and so forth. And so that's how he was able to solve the problem, by defeating canon.
2: Well, that's even cannon. better.
4: You can't do well, that, because
5: a canon monkey I, I agree. Uh, yeah, that, that, I, I kind of got to agree with TG. Okay, this is great. You were able to solve these problems, but th- this will not be the last time. He will find some piece of canon that he's read in some book somewhere. Uh, Karen Travis says that all Mandos, you know, uh, can walk on water and they all carry Detonite. Okay, well, I'm a Mando. Why can't I walk on water and carry Detonite? Well, it, it, it doesn't matter, okay? My, my concern is that you have now told him that you accept his cannon-mongering. And what's more, that you're going to combat it with more cannon-mongering. And this, my friend, is not the way. Against such a person, you will lose. <laughs> okay? <laughs> all right, so, Edrak, you need to nip this in the bud. Dave had it right on the very first thing he said. All right? Talk to the player. Again, privately. This is a game. A game. Explain it to him. To TG's point... The point of this is to have freaking fun, not just for all your players, but also for you as the GM. And if you're not having fun, I guarantee you, your players are not going to have fun. Okay? Part of this requires you tell a story, but also that you ensure game balance is kept. And that requires making calls that vary and differ based on the circumstances. This is why we play RPGs and why we have a live human being running things instead of a computer. All right? Does it matter what's canon and what's not? Ask him that. But more importantly, ask him this. Does he trust you to make the game fun? Does he think that you will intentionally dick him over? Then ask him to trust your calls and tell him it'll make the game more fun for everyone. And if he goes along with that during gameplay, if he starts to get feisty, just look at him and say, dude, trust me. Go with it. That usually kickstarts the memory. And a good cannon monkey that is a problem will often
2: shut the hell up. Right. Kickstart my heart. (laughs) Alright, so we're going to take a little break here uh, for a few minutes and we're going to join Alex Van D and Trevor C for Fragments from the Rim and we will see you guys back here in just a couple of minutes
6: Welcome, Jedi Masters
0: to Fragments from the Rim How may we be of service to you today?
7: Hi, this is Alex and Trevor and this is segment number 21 of Fragments from the Rim. For this segment I've chosen to talk about the feat Unstoppable Force from page 31 of the Clone Wars Campaign Guide. It says, You gain a plus 5 insight bonus to Fortitude Defense and Will Defense against any attack or effect requiring a Use the Force check. There are no prerequisites or requirements for this feat. In and of itself, that's pretty darn nice. Now, what if you combine it with the Force Power Resist Force from the KOTOR Campaign Guide? If you spend a Force Point with that Force Power, you could apply that to two of your defenses. Again, apply it to Fortitude and Will Defense, the two most commonly targeted defenses against Force Powers. With a reasonably decent Use the Force roll, you're looking at a plus 10 to Fortitude and Will Defense. Throw in a Neural Band from the Kotor Campaign Guide, and perhaps the Improved Damage Threshold feat to balance out the Neural Band... And you're looking at a plus 12 to your will defense, and a plus 10 to your fortitude defense. That is a lot. I almost wonder if this feat is too good. Especially if your characters are operating in a campaign in which there are a great number of force users. Or, if all of your players are force users, and your NPCs show up with this feat. Which is something of what happened in the campaign that I was running. So I'm looking at this feat and wondering... Too good or not? Over to you, Trevor.
0: Today, I'm going to talk about the advantageous cover feat found on page 31 of the Force Unleashed Campaign Guide. The prerequisite for this feat is being trained in the stealth skill. The benefit is that whenever you have any form of cover, you take no damage from area attacks, even if the attack rule exceeds your reflex defense, which typically would mean that you would take half damage or full damage, and to me this reminds me of the D&D 3.0 or 3.x concept of evasion and improved evasion, where if you had the right combination of feats, then area of attack things would, instead of doing full damage, do half damage, or instead of full damage, doing no damage. This is the same kind of idea. Um, It works on the idea that cover is a good idea, which in the Star Wars game, movement and cover are the two greatest advantages in combat, other than not being there. And for characters such as Jedi, whose their greatest weakness is, is area of uh, attacks, this helps negate that. So if you take a Jedi who, who decides to get trained in stealth or takes a, a level of scoundrel in order to get that, then a run and duck kind of fire combat uh, a Jedi isn't completely lost in. They can work their way up as long as they have cover to the bad guy and then pull out the lightsaber and, and do what they do best. Anyways, if you have any questions or comments, please uh, send Alex or I an email at order66-fragments at rogers.com. And until next time, have fun gaming.
6: Thank you, Masters,
0: for visiting Fragments from the Rim.
2: I bet that means it's time for the meat of the show.
5: Probably. That's what I'm thinking. And, Darth... and uh, hey, a big thanks to Alex and Trevor uh, for Fragments of the Rim. Good episode.
2: Absolutely. And Darth Hobo, I use, I use the Alex and Trevor show and Fragments of the Rim interchangeably. And uh, as a longtime listener of the show. You should know that. You should know that. <laughs> anyway. So, two G. Sabotage.
5: I'm a huge Beastie Boys fan and um, all I gotta say is, you know, you know, oh my god,
4: it's a mirage. I'm telling y'all now it's sabotage.
5: That was terrible. I apologize.
4: Oh um, my gosh. To see you sing that for a rock band. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen him sing this song for rock band, haven't you? Yeah. I was just crazy. telling some of my coworkers. He gets all into it, starts bending over, yelling into them. He did this in front of my parents and they got scared and left.
5: Not really, but didn't
2: happen. It, yeah, I bet it didn't happen.
4: <laughs> well, the screaming into the microphone in front of my yes, parents. Yes,
5: that did. Yeah, I thought uh, your yeah. folks actually rather got ca- kicking into it. They're old yeah, school they- Gs like that. <laughs> 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 All right, Gamer Nation. This week, we return to the plethora of prestige classes in the Force Unleashed campaign guide. Jefe, do you know what the plethora is? <laughs>
2: uh, yes, you have a plethora. Uh,
5: <laughs>
2: Once again, I don't know if somebody would tell me what a plethora is if they don't even know what the plethora is.
5: Well, instead of a sweater, this, uh, this week we're going to finally take a look at a long, a long, hard look at what is simply a fun, fun, fun prestige class, and one that one of my current players is playing to the hilt, and I love it. Uh, we are oh. coming, younglings, to the glory and Lego mancy. that is, the saboteur, oh. uh, a, a fun class in any era, but freakishly useful in a rebellion era game, especially, and, uh, Since, you know, the the campaign guide's coming out, (coughs) you know, next week, (coughs) and you should really go pick it up, Um, the saboteur is a force to be reckoned with. Um, A secret operative who wreaks havoc while undercover behind enemy lines, a military special operative who can infiltrate a facility with his team, a demolitionist who can mine the battlefield in mere moments, all are examples of the saboteur. And uh, when played properly, a good saboteur can devastate enemy forces create his own mechanical allies out of thin air and is arguably as good, if not better, than the military engineer at blowing stuff up. Seriously. Dude. Um, add to that... Seriously. <laughs> seriously. And, if, and, and furthermore, you add to that one of the nastiest and quirkiest personal defense abilities in the game, and the saboteur is a prestige class worth taking a close, hard look at. So, younglings, get out your Force unleash campaign guides, flip carefully to page 55, pull out your toolkit, and let's disarm... The saboteur. Oh. Yes, yes,
2: yes. So fiddle back in the toolkit. <laughs> fiddling, <laughs> fiddling oh, about, right. fiddling.
5: Let's 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 okay. Let's 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 fiddle about in our toolkit. Take a look at what's inside. Um.
2: Yeah. The basics
5: of the saboteur, how to get there, and uh, and kind of what makes it tick. No, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, in the in the very basic sense.
2: You're punny. Um, <laughs>
5: Uh, prerequisites. Okay, g- getting into the saboteur is pretty darn easy. Uh, TG, what level must you think you need to be at to get into the saboteur?
4: Hmm. Um, hmm. Let me think about this one for me. Don't. I don't want any hints.
5: Don't think too hard or too long. I can
4: figure it out on my own because I'm good like that.
5: Uh, too late, Dave. What's the answer?
4: No, I know it. I know it. It's seventh. <laughs> seventh.
1: <laughs> yes.
4: Tell please. me yes. Yes.
5: Yes, yes, i'm it's so seven, good seven, essentially, i essentially, i should be our, leaving our this judges, podcast I'm our so judges smart. our judges determined that, that answer was incorrect as you did not respond in the form of a question uh, <gasps> <laughs> all right seventh level um to get into this prestige class this is much better than the military engineer uh which has actually a base attack bonus prerequisite um which we talked about uh three episodes ago was kind of sucky yeah uh, this this is easy so, uh, you also need, Dave, some trained skills. What kind of skills you got to be trained in? Let's Dave? see. As a
2: saboteur, it makes sense to have mechanics. Yeah. Use computer. Yeah. And deception. Mm. That's easy, dude. That's an easy Now,
5: one. now Dave, for, 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 for extra points in the bonus round, there is one class in this game which gives you access to all three of these skills on one class list. What would that class be?
2: That would be the scout. Scoundrel.
4: You got the easy questions.
5: <laughs> it would be the scoundrel. The bing noble. Bing 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 bing.
2: The noble. Um, Jedi.
5: Bottom line, guys, taking your first level in scoundrel will set you, uh, get you set and ready, basically. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much go any other route you'd like, but I, recommend, I do recommend those several full levels in scoundrel for access to the saboteur deliciousness talent trees that the scoundrel has, such as the outlaw tech talent tree, the slicer talent tree, and the smuggler.
2: Oh, I love all those. I want a smuggler. They're delicious. Cathar. So Cathar. okay,
5: th- that that's it. Those are the only prerequisites this, this prestige class has. Three trained skills, which you can get from one level in a class and a level prereq. That mm. is it. That's Incredibly it. Incredibly easy to get into this prestige class. Beautiful. Okay, so aside from the prescribed prerequisites, what can we recommend? Uh, what recommendations can we make? Uh, well there's several. Right, Steph. Break well, stuff. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. As a saboteur, you have two roles.
2: Ah, you sneak a boot.
5: You sneak a boot. And?
4: In Canada only, though. In Because everywhere else, it's sneak about. But in Canada, right. you sneak a boot.
2: Right.
5: Yes. You sneak a boot. So you sneak a boot, and what else do you do?
2: You break stuff.
5: You break stuff! Pretty much. <clears throat> um, so for both usefulness, mechanical benefit, and role-playing purposes, um, as far as feats go, I would highly recommend skill-focused mechanics, use computer, and deception. Yeah, prerequisites, not just fluff here. Max these skills out best you can. They're your bread and your butter. And the more stuff you can do with those three key skills, the better. Um, Also, guys, there's a few talents uh, that kind of jump out, um, aside from the three basic talent trees mentioned earlier. Uh, There is the Security Slicer, page 27 of the Force Unleashed Campaign Guide. I think this is worth its weight in gold. In fact, I give it to most of my NPCs. Um, As a tech-slash-saboteur Disabling a security system or a lock requires a security kit, right? It requires it. TG, mm-hmm. did you know that?
4: No. You did not.
5: So your bottom line toolkit ain't gonna cut it. But a security kit is not only extra weight for your probably strength dumped character, it's expensive. It's a thousand creds. Holy and cow. I know. And it's illegal on most worlds for most people.
4: But that makes it fun to get.
5: It it, it does. Um, At the very least, I guarantee the Imperial Watch Captain will wonder why the heck the maintenance guy has a security kit. (laughs) Um, Also, seriously consider some sneak attack and some dastardly strike from the Misfortune Talent tree, and uh, we'll come to why in a little bit. Um, But, in addition, there's some skill options available. And uh, TG, why don't you go over some of the more important skills that these saboteurs should should be trained in, at the
4: least? Well, I think... Um, a highly important skill that all saboteurs or pre saboteurs can we call them that? Pre saboteurs <laughs> should be trained in. Um, would be stealth, uh, duh. <laughs> well, duh. It well yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because deception doesn't work like on a camera, uh,
5: <laughs> this is true,
4: you know. So, you kind of want to maybe stealth around the camera. I don't yeah. know, it could be a good idea. Uh, perception.
1: Yeah. and gather
4: information
1: yeah uh,
4: you just kind of need to know what's going on you need to be able to actually see the little portal where you go and type in what you need to do as a saboteur so makes
5: sense makes sense
4: and knowledge technology just your your technology speaks so
5: that yeah. makes that also makes very good sense and I, I quite imagine as a GM if if my saboteur were to to bust out with a really good knowledge technology check before attempting something crazy, I would probably give them a circumstance bonus to whatever they were going to do if it was related. So, this makes good sense.
4: Because you're good like that.
5: <laughs> I'm the best GM you've ever seen. I'm the smartest GM you've ever seen. I'm the... Yeah, no, not really. Um, <laughs> I've, got, I've, I've got a story about a lightsaber and a door switch. you got to hear sometime. Um, <laughs> uh. All right, so moving on. The basics basic stuff. Um, so this prestige class has a hit die to it. In particular, a D eight. Now that's,
4: that's pretty. Yeah. Okay.
5: It, it's okay. It ain't great. But it's a shite sight better than the D six. You probably came from as a scoundrel. Um, so that's excellent. Now this class also suffers from a poor base attack bonus. Well, duh. Um, you're not a fighter. You're a lurker. Uh, you're the reason the guy's gun jams two rounds into the fight. Uh, not, you know, the reason the guy gets riddled with holes two rounds into the fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, lastly, your defenses, you gain a plus two to reflex and a plus four to will, because you're crafty. That's why uh, she's crafty, to continue with the Beastie Boys references. And um, I don't know, that, that kind of... I, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of I'm torn on the fence about that. I, when I first read it, I thought, you know, you're, you're in some very hairy, very sticky situations. I think a bonus to reflex defense might be more important than a bonus to will, but... I don't know, TG, because it seems like the point of being a saboteur, if you're really good, is almost not to get caught. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, but if you're really good, meaning you're really trained in stealth, um, and some of those more... It seems like you need a little bit more reflexes and dexterity, and um, yeah, yeah, that it, you should true. be naturally more reflexive. <laughs> Thank than you.
5: Natural <laughs> reflexiveness. Uh, so. Yes. <laughs> I, I get, I get why they did it, but part of me wishes it was you know, maybe a little higher in the reflection.
4: Yeah, it makes sense they did it that way, but I agree with you. I think it should have been the other way. Yeah. But I, hey, they didn't, they didn't ask me to help write the book. No, they
1: didn't. Should have.
5: So okay, let, let's talk about some crazy abilities. Um, the saboteur also gets another special first level ability, and some ever-changing even level abilities that are pretty darn useful. What's
4: that, GM Chris.
5: (laughs) Well, let's talk about them. Um, The first one: unexpected results. Holy schmoly! And Booter, my player, who is playing a saboteur. If you are listening to this cast, I'm very upset with you because you never
4: listens to this cast. You know that.
5: I know nobody listens. Nobody, nobody nobody ever listens. I know. I know. Uh, So, okay, listen up and listen carefully, Gamer Nation. At first level, the saboteur simply gets this unexpected results ability for free. When you are working as an active saboteur, you occasionally see unexpected results of your work, which means that whenever an enemy attacks you with an advanced melee weapon, a lightsaber, a pistol, a rifle, or a heavy weapon, anything but an exotic weapon, and they roll a natural one, their weapon is literally disabled. Until it can be repaired with the mechanics skill. Awesome! That is huge. Now, granted, what? It's what? A five, 5% chance uh, every attack roll to do this. But, you know, again, it's a 5% chance to pretty much for free just take an enemy's weapon out of the encounter until he can get it repaired. And especially if you have an enemy that attacks multiple times, this can be very, very devastating because that's more chances for this thing to trigger.
2: Ah, yes. A double-bladed lightsaber, for example.
5: And honestly, how... Yeah, but even how many Jedis carry multiple lightsabers? Seriously. Um, This could be very, very devastating. So, very cool ability. Yeah. TG, why
4: don't you tell us about the next one? Destructive. Because a saboteur is... They destruct things, right? (laughs)
1: Yes, they destruct things. things.
4: (laughs) So you get this at second level. And basically what it does is it gives you the permanent ability to deal double damage to unattended objects or vehicles. So I don't know if Saboteur is going to blow up a ship, blast a lock or on a door, um, destroy a computer system in the heat of combat. Now you're twice as deadly. So you basically get... um, uh, a natural twenty damage without it being an automatic. Oh, that's a hit. that's
5: a good See? way to look at it. You're saying the effects of a critical hit without actually hitting a critical hit. So this is yeah.
2: like uh, when you're trying to drop uh, Cloud City bestman out of the sky.
5: That's absolute.
4: Yeah. yeah. So what if what if you are doing destructive, and you do roll a natural twenty? So now is it going to basically be four times?
5: Yes, absolutely.
4: So it stacks. That's well, that's the thing. It, does, it doesn't
5: actually give you the effects of a critical hit or a natural 20. It just says you do double right. damage against unattended objects. Now, to be fair, you don't go against unattended objects very terribly often, but um, can you imagine destiny pointing something like this with this ability? Like when you absolutely have to destroy that vial of <laughs> rat ghoul serum that they are carrying, you know, um, and it, it's covered in shielding, well, you can do a lot of damage. So
4: What about if you take 20? So if you've got 20
5: can't take, minutes... Can't, can't take 20 on an attack roll, only a skill check.
2: Right. Oh. So Bummer.
5: Bummer. Darn it. Bop, 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 bop. So, okay, Dave, yes. what, why don't you tell us about the, uh, the okay. next ability?
2: So, quick sap at 2G. <laughs> at uh, fourth level, you get the ability to disable devices faster and faster. And so, it gets better as you go, basically. So, to start, you can disable a device as a swift action. All right, let me say that again a swift action. Oh, wait, a, I, thought
5: th- I thought that takes a full round action.
2: Instead of a normal full round action, yeah.
4: Oh my god!
2: Right. That's so insane. You start like with simple. S- no, go ahead. What?
4: I just just from from a full round, and then jumping it all the way to a swift. Seems right. like it should go to like a standard action or well, a move action. Now it starts
2: with simple devices at fourth level, and yeah, then you get no, to move that's, up that's to a complex. Very yeah, and then you're moving up more complex items at 6th uh, at and 8th levels. So instead of, instead of doing the normal to standard to Swift, you're kind of taking the other tack of simple stuff you can do Swift, then more complex, then more complex, and then at 12th level is the Death Star. So.
5: <laughs> well, actually, um, as a note, at the, at, at, when you get this at 8th level, when you can actually do like really complex stuff, they do note that it's not just a Swift, it takes two Swifts. Oh, nice, okay. So for supremely complex stuff, it still takes two swifts. But even that's better than a full round.
2: That's the Death Star.
5: There you go. (laughs) Uh, Or a tractor beam holding your ship in the Death Star. Mm. And uh, the last um, uh, crazy ability that the Saboteur gets um, is Master Saboteur. Um, If you're able to stick this Prestige class out for 10 full levels, you'll pick this up. Now keep in mind, at that point, you are at least a level 17 character. Okay. What does Master Saboteur do? It lets you re-roll any mechanics check to disable any device or handle any explosive, and you get to take the better of the two results.
2: Meh. To, go ten, to get 10 levels to get that? Come on.
5: I know. It's kind of a gimme. Um, the, the, if, if, now, I, if, if, if it was you must take the second result, I'd be all meh. But take the better. There's not too many abilities to do that. Uh, except for I don't know, there are some eighth level abilities in classes like the Crime Lord and the Bounty Hunter that allow you to do this with like intimidation, persuasion checks, and stuff, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and and keep the better. So uh, I don't know.
4: Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I'm with Dave. Yeah. take you have to be seventeenth level to get that.
5: Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's more of a gimme. But okay, so those are the those are the crazy abilities um, that are that are fiddling about in the toolkit. Let's let's move on to bigger and better things. Um, because if you're playing a saboteur, it's probably because you like to break things. And who, who doesn't like to break things? So, okay, the basic abilities, they're pretty spiffy. Um, but as usual, it is the talents which make a prestige class a prestige class and what make it shine. And aside from having access to the scoundrels, misfortune, and slicer talent trees, you as a saboteur also have access to two brand new talent trees exclusive to the saboteur prestige class the sabotage talent tree and the turret talent tree Mm. and uh let's let's start by going over the sabotage talent tree because i I think it's really neat bottom line you're really 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 good at breaking things um the last four talents in this tree guys which i kind of want to talk about first um they group together into the fact that they deal with explosives and uh tg why don't you tell us about the first one of those
4: well, the first one is called Mind Mastery. Not mind, like I'm mastering my mind, but mine. M-I-N-E. Ah. So, you Like know Enemy how-
5: Mind, Lou Gossett Jr., Dennis Quaid.
4: Sure.
2: <laughs> Stay on target. <laughs>
4: I'm trying to focus my mind here to talk about minds. Are you focusing your mind to your mind?
2: Stay on target. I'm
4: I'm focusing the mind about the mind. Stay
2: on target. It's
4: it's not complicated. If you just focus your mind, you'd understand that I'm talking
2: about the mind. Stay on target.
5: At this point, you're the one off target. So why don't you tell us more about Mind Mastery?
4: Well, you know. (laughs) Well, basically, you know how to place a mind really fast. So you can set a mind as a standard action. Mm -hmm. Instead of a full round action... Uh, why didn't they just make it a swift like the uh, the feet or the, <laughs> I mean seriously
5: well I, I think this is a little more devastating potentially yeah. um, okay. than you know, disabling advice as opposed to setting a mine yeah. um, I don't know th- that, that's, that can come in pretty good handy it can help you sew a battlefield pretty well um, so yeah in, in a hurry I kind of like that um, Dave why don't you tell us about the next one in this explosive uh, grouping
2: you are a skilled demolitionist Fast, precise, with bombs. Oh, yes. So now you can set a detonator as a swift action, and you never run the risk of an accidental detonation, even if you fail by 10 or more. And it's that's a gateway a- talent for the next two we're going to talk about.
4: Awesome.
5: That's very cool. That's because a lot cool. of people don't realize, if you're setting explosives and you fail by 10 or more, you set the darn thing off. You've got to be careful when you're working with bombs, pretty much. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, well, the next talent in this, in this tree, and, and of course, as, as Dave said, skill demolitionist, demolitionist is a prerequisite for, is shaped explosion, which is very useful. Basically, if you set up explosives or a mine, you can shape the charge to explode in a cone or a line, because normally it's just a blast radius, you know, like a grenade, just boom, okay? Well, you're not limited to that. You can make it a line that is two times the radius of the explosive blast, Or a cone that is three times the radius of the explosive blast. And you set the direction of the line or the direction of the cone when you set the charge. And that is terribly useful. Can you see like a saboteur seeding a battlefield with mines? I mean, literally, you could be directly behind these mines when they go off. And they just, boom, they hit your enemies. This combined with mine mastery and as a combat action, a standard action during a round, I can drop a mine into my enemy's feet and have it go off as a cone effect right then because they'll trigger it immediately and it only costs me a standard action and it doesn't threaten me in any way
4: that's awesome
2: that's pretty cool actually
4: yes. but are mines expensive?
5: they are a little so you, you expensive you
4: need a noble with the wealth talent and uh, <laughs>
2: well we have it covered we have a, Sabbath, a Sabbath 2G artist and we have a noble yes
5: we do Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, was what our, our group has seen well TG why don't you tell us about the last of these
3: explosive options
4: Well, it's extreme explosions.
3: It's extreme, oh yeah! Yeah.
4: (laughs) It requires both skilled demolitionist and shaped explosion. Eh, go big, right? And now you make big boom, and you increase the blast radius of any mines or explosives by a whole friggin' square.
5: That may not sound like much, but that is two squares when you consider its radius. So it's increasing the diameter by two. And also consider that if you're, uh, you know, doing the cone of the line thing, it gets even better.
4: Yeah. You're, you're able to capture like what, well, depending on on what the size of it is, mm-hmm. four, five more, maybe even six more squares.
5: Mm-hmm. So yeah. highly useful. Yeah. Highly
2: useful. Big boom. The, big boom. Big boom. Big bada boom.
4: Big
1: boom.
5: <laughs> now, the next two talents in this tree, uh, the first two in the book... Um, are two, honestly, of my favorites in the tree, and they're highly useful. So let's kind of get into them because they're both related. Dave, why don't you tell us a little
2: bit about Device Jammer? The Device Jammer is, uh, well, Device Jammer and Droid Jammer, they're really all about breaking things, you know, but less explosive, I guess you could say. (laughs) So once an encounter is a full-round action, you can construct a short-range jamming device that, on the fly, that affects... Every kind of a specific piece of equipment within 12 squares of you, shutting it down. So this lasts until the end of the encounter. What okay,
5: kind of equipment do you What kind of equipment are we talking about here?
2: Wow, you read my mind. Anything basically but a droid, a ship, or a weapon. Okay. So a, a shield generator, for example, a commlink. <laughs> You know, everybody's always jamming their com links. Jam their com <laughs> They're basic, probably the most common usage. Keeping those pesky squads of droidicas a lot less lethal. I'm preventing oh, the storm of troopers, you know, for raiding for help. But, you know, um, what else can you do? You know, um, a, a fire extinguisher an NPC uses, a sniper uses for cover. How about that? How how
5: about about the the, the door controls that an enemy could use to open the
2: door and escape?
1: See, there you go.
5: uh,
4: Or or the glow sticks the enemy is using to see you in the dark.
2: See, that's what I'm talking about. Right there. See, that's perfect.
5: I love this talent because creatively... First of all, the range is insane. 12 squares creatively used this can do a lot of really cool stuff, especially if your GM is building his encounters properly and he provides things like low light. If you can shut off all the lights in the building, if you can jam a comm link, you can keep a door from opening, that can really provide some amazing tactical bonuses to your
2: group. All the garbage mashers on the detention level.
3: Stop all the garbage (laughs) mashers on the detention
5: level! Um, Mm. Well, the second second talent uh, that's in relation to this um, is Droid Jammer. And it's, it's very similar to Device Jammer, except that it's only got a six square range. And unlike its little brother, with Droid Jammer, you actually make a mechanics check as a full round action in order to construct this jammer. Now, you always construct the jammer, no matter what your check is. However, after it's constructed, your mechanics check is what is used to go against the will defense of any droid within that six square range. And if you beat a, a droid's will defense... They are limited to swift actions only on their turns, which means they flat out can't even move.
4: Is there a talent I can take that can make this mechanic check a swift action instead of a full round action? Negative. Oh, okay.
2: Well, well you get one. <laughs> you get one. Oh, never mind.
5: Well, it, it, there there's some feats out there that can let you take mechanics checks like like m- faster than usual once per encounter, but that's an actual skill check to use the skill. This is this is more of activating this talent requires a full round action. So, okay. E- even then, I'm sorry, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, it is. Um, it's very cool. That, and the thing is, a lot of people are torn between taking device jammer and droid jammer. I think device jammer is the more logical of the two to take first. If you want to boost up on droid later, okay, go ahead. But I think device jammer is a lot more useful. And a lot of the really, really nasty droids out there, like droidicas, destroyer droids, um, disabling things like personal shields, communication devices, I think can have uh, as devastating an impact on the game.
2: Yep. All right, so... So no, what ahead.
4: about the, the, um, the turret talent tree? Doesn't, isn't this what Booter has? This is, a, this yeah. is what he kind of went into, yeah, right? Yeah, this
2: is really, really cool.
5: This is very cool. Um, as freakishly useful as the sabotage talent tree is, none present or anywhere can deny the ultra-cool Legomancy of the turret talent tree. Um, basically, on the fly, you can construct small... Tiny, actually. Disposable automatic turrets out of anything handy. That is um, awesome. <laughs> yes, it very much is awesome. Um, TG, why don't you tell us about the, uh, the first talent of this tree?
2: Heck, just do all three of them, because they just build on each other.
4: This is true. Okay, well, you've got blaster turret one. So, hmm, I wonder if you can guess what the second and third one are called. I don't know. I'm going to give you all some time to figure that one out while I go through the description here. So the primary talent of this talent tree is a prerequisite for every other talent as well. Uh, So once in a counter, as a standard action, you can piece together a stationary turret that fires at foes, plural, you designate. It lasts until the end of the counter and attacks using your base attack bonus and your intelligence modifier. And it deals 3 die 6 of damage. Just like the Thorian fellow um, But you actually get to use your base attack bonus. And a modifier. It fires as a free action on your turn. That's freaking awesome.
1: Uh-huh.
4: So you can actually fire the same time you assemble it. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs>
4: you must, however, remain adjacent to the turret for it to fire. Does it provide cover? Is No, my
5: no because it's tiny.
4: It's tiny. It's, it's so, a
5: tiny object.
4: What, I wonder, is the second talent in this talent tree called? Anyone?
5: I don't know. I'm stuck on the fact that it's a tiny object. It's
3: tiny.
4: <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> uh, so, Dave?
2: Uh, let me guess. Two.
4: No, it's called blaster turret too. That's
2: what I meant.
5: <laughs> That's um, what you meant. That's what I meant too. That's what we mean. So.
4: Uh, so Dave, I haven't I haven't perfected the ability to read your mind yet. I'm working on it. Sparsing. Get on it. I'm I'm, ge- I'm yeah. Boom. <laughs> <what> Yoda's
5: Yoda's, <laughs> Yoda's teaching at the temple right now.
2: Uh,
4: okay. <laughs> um so the alternate universe blasted- campaign though, uh,
2: Yoda is the Emperor. Uh, Sith Lord uh, Yoda. I see. <laughs> I was afraid Skype died on me again.
4: No, it didn't.
2: She's frustrated.
4: No, oh, nice. I'm just waiting. <laughs>
2: nice.
4: <laughs> okay. Are we ready to hear about Blaster Turret 2? TG,
5: tell me about Blaster Turret 2.
4: Thank you. I would love to tell you about it. So you're. Oh, but wait, your, you know. <laughs> your constructed turrets get. <laughs> even better. I'm going through this with or without y'all. Their stats get better. They deal 3 die 8 damage. Wow. And you can operate it from 12 squares away. Like, holy freaking cow, 12 squares. That's awesome. yeah. you,
5: don't, you don't have to be adjacent to it anymore. You can just And
4: then you can find coverage. Ha!
5: Beep, beep.
2: 3d8. Yeah. That's right, because you're kind of a squishy 30. anyway.
5: So you go from a blaster pistol to a heavy blaster pistol.
2: Yeah, basically. yeah that's awesome.
4: Yeah. Cool. And then the last one, you get to fire twice around. Um, but you take a -5 to each attack, eh, you know, maybe. Makes sense. Okay. But then it also gains DR5. Oh. That's and, very and cool. that,
2: Let me guess that would be Blaster turret C. <laughs> no. You're uh,
4: wrong. uh
5: Blaster turret Kappa.
4: No. Try an E backwards.
5: Blaster turret E backwards. <laughs>
4: Yes, you've got it. Blaster You're
1: so smart. Turrets.
4: Man.
5: People uh, are so, so smart. Yes, yes, Blaster Turret 3. Very nice, very
4: nice. I really don't think I could go without Blaster Turret 3, frankly. Yeah. It didn't add a lot.
5: Well, the ability to fire twice around as a free action is not too shabby. Yeah, but no, you, you, nice you, you bring up a good point. Honestly, I agree with you. I would forego Blaster Turret 3 to probably take some of the next talents in this tree. Dave, why don't you hit us up with the next one?
2: Ion turret, and this is where specialization comes in. So your turrets can now do ion damage instead of normal blaster damage, which is handy, especially if you're in a droid fight.
5: Darn, Skippy. Um, Furthermore, I can also see you directing your turret to attack like a door or a lock or something, and occasionally just like like wear it down, blow it up, while you deal with the people that are slowly, you know, trying to come at you down a hallway and hack away at you. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, yeah, that could be useful as well. That's good. Hey. Very, very nice. And TG, why don't you hit us up with the one after Ion?
4: Well, if you can do Ion, then it makes sense to be able to make it uh, do stun. So you can make it do non-lethal damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
5: yeah. excellent if you're in a non-droid fight.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> now the last talent in this tree, um, turret self-destruct basically is boom goes the turret. So when the turret hits zero hit points, It self-destructs, automatically exploding in a two-square-radius blast that deals its normal damage to anything in that blast. And, oh my gosh, GMC, what happens if I, the saboteur, am next to my turret when it explodes? Well, worry not, because you can disable this feature as a reaction if you're adjacent when it blows. Uh, this is this is really cool. I, I, what I can see this used for, guys, and picture this with me: you set up a turret in a doorway, and then basically let it blast away at the oncoming traffic, and then use it as a mine when the mooks get close enough. Maybe blowing it up yourself with a well-placed, readied shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can, yeah.
4: That's that's kind of fun. Now, it's can cinematic.
2: You, can you shape the burst? <laughs>
5: um, I, I don't believe that. No, a no because it is not a mine it's or
2: explosives. It's not a mine. Yeah, it just acts like one. It's all right. Okay, it's a, so, fake. It's, a it's a fake. So let's let, let's
5: let's pull all this together. Uh, in this final segment, I want to call "Boom Goes the Dynamite." So, okay, h- how can we bring this all together into some excellent cohesive character concepts? Okay, I I think looking at all this, there's several options available to a good saboteur, and I think you can benefit from a blended build as well. But we're going to talk about three good saboteurs and how to get their roles. All right. Um, the first one, Dave. What is this first role?
2: The combat technician, my friend. Yes, yes. So if you so, listen so to episode 69 on the military engineer, all right, and the, B and, the, and the base attack bonus is too high. You know, you don't want to commit to all the prerequisites. but Daunting. You know, you still absolutely are fascinated with the idea of uh, aiding uh, a special ops team in combat or, or slicing the security systems, you know, busting locks, all that good stuff, right?
5: Blowing up loads of bad guys.
2: That's right, man. I mean, hope is not lost here. The saboteur can actually fill the role of the combat technician quite nicely. Very, very. Nice. I would think, wouldn't you? I mean, it t- all it takes is one level in scoundrel, and get, get all your, your prerequisites, part. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, since since you've got the the yeah, not so good hit dice and poor base attack bonus, you know, when you get saboteur, um. As well as, you know, not too great a bonus to Reflex and nothing to Fortitude. You might, you know, seriously uh, consider taking mostly Soldier levels on your way up there. So Mm. it gives you a little bit more hit points, a little bit more base attack, you know, all the good stuff.
1: Oh,
5: yeah. It also gives you access to the Commando Talent Tree, which which is very nice. Oh, heck yeah. yeah.
2: Demolitionist Um, in there, dude.
5: That's pretty much it. Uh, it, it is your friend. If you're going to play a combat technician you want to blow up loads of bad guys, uh, Demolitionist, Demolitionist is it. Uh, it can enhance your already impressive explosive skills, let you focus on the explosive talents from the sabotage talent tree. Yeah. What else, yeah. What else do you guys think would be good for, for maximizing the combat technician role? TG, thoughts?
4: Your mechanic skill is one mm. of the first things that comes to my mind. want It's probably one of the most important skills Definitely. out there. You should take skill focus. Yes. It's a must. Um, but Gearhead is a good feat to help you out, um, yeah. and Quick Skill. So, like I was asking earlier, you rush through a mechanics check. Um, so you can just take ten on it, basically.
5: Yeah, Gear because I think ge- Gearhead lets you take ten, and Quick Skill I think lets you, I, I think it lets you do it like one step faster. I don't have the feet directly in front of me, but yeah, absolutely.
4: Well, gosh, I I'm never listening to this podcast. You don't have these rules memorized.
5: Tg, nobody listens to this podcast. Yeah, you're nobody. right. Now, when you get to saboteur, I think any of the turret talents are a fine addition for your teammates, but with your focus on demolitions, the sabotage talent tree is going to have your best choices. Um, Additionally, since your combat prowess isn't too top-notch and you're going to find yourself in some hairy situations, most likely take advantage of your training in deception and your access to the misfortune talent tree. Remember I said this earlier— take some levels in scoundrel for sneak attack and dastardly strike that can let you turn your devious ways into combat advantage. Yep. When you're faint when you're using your deception check to very easily faint in combat. Very cool.
3: Yep. Cool.
5: So TG, what is the next role that the saboteur might be able to fill extremely well?
4: <laughs> it's a role that I love playing. Oh. I know you Master do. Thief. Or mm. they're sneaky.
2: Master thief, yes indeed. Yeah. Master thief. So,
4: they they are you know very fit for being the best master slicer and thief in the galaxy? Thanks, um, yes. Thanks to the slicer talent tree and the sabotage talent tree. Duh, yeah, uh, you can go scoundrel the whole way, and that way you can take advantage of the smuggler talent tree Love. and the slicer talent tree at the same time. Um, and it just gives you better abilities to get into security systems and to disable devices. Um, definitely. I don't know. What else, what else do you think? I
5: don't know. Dave, I mean, what skills, what skills do you think a master thief probably is going to want to really focus on in terms of being a master thief in the star Wars universe?
2: Um, I, uh, all the ones we talked about before and add stealth. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You know?
5: I mean, the, the basic ones you got for the prereqs mechanics, use computer deception stuff. Yeah. Ma- max them out, man. Max them out. Yeah. Um, and also, I think getting to this prestige class, once you're there, again, remember, you, as, a, as a, uh, a saboteur, you have access to the slicer talent tree, so you can return to it. Um, after picking up, of course, Device Jammer and Droid Jammer, which I think two of the best talents for getting into and out of a facility without being noticed, letting you short out security cameras, disable droids, and comlinks. I, think, I mean, seriously, can you guys not see those two talents being wonderful for a thief?
1: Heck yeah. Yeah.
5: So there you go. And the last build I really want to talk about is is what I lovingly call the Legomancer. Uh, To borrow a phrase from the RFH crew's creative description of the artificer, um, the ability to create items out of thin air uh, or Legomancy. (laughs) Um, with a with a smile and a bit of creative mechanics, um, I think the the saboteur can be one of the more creative combatants out there. Um, you can assemble turrets and jammers on the fly. I think I don't know. I think I, for me, this is a fun character concept. And if you really want to play it to the hilt, I think there's some great ways you can do it. Um, the the ability to whip up jammers and and turrets, I think is just plain cool. All right, but when you're doing this, be prepared. Make sure your intelligence modifier is as high as you can get it. As well as your mechanics modifier, which will in turn be helped by your intelligence modifier. This will benefit your turrets as well as the droid jammer. Um, very, very cool. So, what, el- what else, guys?
4: Well, <laughs> there are certain feats out there that um, are really good for, I, I don't know, flavor of an insta mechanic, like, <laughs> I don't know, Scavenger, which. That's I a think thought. It lets you salvage machine parts so you can build equipment.
5: On the, yeah, on the fly. Yeah. One of the things I really liked about um, a Scum and Vill- I think it was Scum and Villain. It might have been Force Unleashed, that had the, the rules for using mechanics checks to build items out of scratch. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's a really good thought. So you're you know having a character that really does make everything they use, whether they do it in combat or in real life.
2: There you go. And not only that, if your turret blows up, then fast repair lets you bring back the destroyed turret.
5: Ah, and, that's a good
2: talent. potentially like that. Yeah. make something else out of it. I don't know.
5: Yeah, dude. I, li- I like fast repair, man. You can bring stuff back from the dead. That's that's extremely cool. Um, you know what?
4: I think one last thing. If you're going to play this kind of character, you don't need to be in a group of people who are um, heavy hack and slash. Well, I, I
5: don't know. I, it depends on how you take it. I mean, if you're playing a Legomancer, maybe, maybe not. No. But yeah. I, think, I think the saboteur could have other roles. I mean... Uh, I think they could play a devastatingly effective support character, not necessarily with the turrets, but definitely with jammers and explosives. Um, I think Mm -hmm. your hack and slashers are going to love you if you see the battlefield with bombs before the onrushing enemies get to it, you know?
1: Yeah.
4: Well, yeah. Oh, yeah.
5: So, yeah, very cool. But anyway, there's some thoughts for your brain, Gammer Nation. Um, I think the Saboteur is an absolutely fun prestige class. As much as I love the military engineer, um, in particular, as I've waxed on and on about it, its ability to uh, make weapons on the fly, if, if the prerequisites would be insane, but if you were able to make a military engineer and pepper in a few levels of Saboteur, you'd be like the ultimate tech, combat tech person thingy who could really be a Legomancer. You can make turrets on the fly, weapons on the fly you know jammers on the fly just crafting things out of bits and bits and pieces of parts so
2: good stuff man
5: it is awesomely good stuff
2: yep this brings us to the end of another show boys and girls it's been a good show full of crunch And I fear that I've lost Skype yet again. I'm not sure exactly why or how this particular podcast is just doomed for Skype. So perhaps they'll call me back before the end of the show. Perhaps they won't call me back before the end of the show and I'll just have to wrap up without them if they don't show up again. But either way, we want to thank... Alex, we want to thank Trevor, we want to thank Full On Gamer, we want to thank Fiddleback, everybody who contributes to our show on a regular basis. We're still looking for, we are still looking for um, anybody to create a bit to replace the doomed Stormtrooper poetry, and uh, 30 seconds in length, if you guys have ideas, please submit them. And hopefully I've got my host back to say goodbye, and apparently I don't. So at this point, unless Skype is going to come back to us, um, we'll wrap up. And I will say for all of us, please check out our sponsors, GoDaddy.com, Buy.com, and um, ThinkGeek.com, as well as Audible.com. So for Chris, I will say, peace, love, wish you all. Peace, love, and good gaming. And I'll say, keep them dice rolling. To which TG would say, make sure they have the force. Hopefully, they're rolling with the force. Check us out at d20radio.com, d20radio.com slash forums. Call us on the loser line, 206-600-5872. And follow us on Twitter twitter.com slash gmchris, twitter.com slash gmdave, or email gmdave at d20radio.com, gmchris at d20radio.com, and I have a feeling Tweet Like Goodness at d20radio.com is coming very shortly to a theater near you. So with that, Gamer Nation, we will see you guys next week.
0: This is Preacher 23, and I tried listening to the Order 66 podcast, but after spending some time on the Watsy forums, Raving dorks frequently asked questions state that it is against Raw to listen. God, I hate rules lawyers.
6: Hi, this is Pedro Stakekalo, and I never listen to the Artist 66 podcast because you two yahoos can't seem to get my name right.
5: Hi, this is Phil, sometimes known as Darth GM. And in this alternate
0: universe campaign, I always listen to the Order 66 podcast with our web and technical mistress, GM Cat, and rules guru, Twi'lek Goodness. D20 Radio, where gamers roll